right there, that was the best moment of my life. Because being a father is 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 one of the proud things I could say I've accomplished. Like, especially the two boys that the two boys that that I'm raising, I'm seeing become men now. That is more, one of the most proud moments of of my life. Mm-hmm. Hello, you beautiful people. Welcome to the Dear Dad Podcast. This is the place where we address dad dynamics and discuss personal experiences, stories, and poem submissions to help provide a platform for healing while simultaneously uplifting one another. Let's change the dad narrative all around. Let's go. Let's grow. Hello, you beautiful people. Thank you again for joining me at the Dear Dad Podcast. My name is Jimson Darius, a.k.a. BJ. To join this podcast to tell you their version of um, the experience in their life, what they went through, and how they overcome it, their journey in life, and 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 the obstacles they went through, and that they're here to tell you their story. And I know earlier on the episode we had Jonathan and Maxine on the, on the podcast, and they mentioned his name Michael, and Michael is one of the brothers out of the four, and he's on the podcast today to tell you his story, his life's journey, and how he overcame it again. And I'm so happy that he took this opportunity to just pretty much tell me, tell us who he is and, you know, what made him who he is. So, guys, I'm going to again introduce you to my cousin, first and foremost, Michael Gene Darius. <laughs> Gene Michael Darius. <laughs> I have no idea who this guy is. He just told me his name is Gene. I was like, who, who is Gene? <laughs> He's like, That's my first name. I was like, what? <laughs> That's what all the gangsters call me. <laughs> yes sir this is michael aka gene darius what's up what's going on yeah good 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 all right cool mm-hmm. so let's just jump jump straight to the first question let's go. so tell me tell the audience and tell us who is michael oh wow who is michael first and foremost a compassionate guy very family oriented you know what i mean uh uh, everything to me is family, whether it's brothers, cousins. There is no brothers or cousins over here. Everybody is just brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? So uh, very family-oriented. Um, I'm a father of two, a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. I was actually one of the first in the family with a boy. I was right after Peggy's son, Aiden. Um, and a brother of, I'm the third brother of four boys from my mother and my father. Very caring, compassionate, funny guy. I love to joke. I love to make people smile. That's my, that's my, that's one of my hobbies to make people smile and laugh and to cheer people up. Whenever I get a chance to slip a joke in, but you better believe I'm going for it. So very funny, very family oriented, uh, father of two. That's pretty much summed it up. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so we're going to just jump to one of the meat of the questions. Tell me about your dad. Okay, cool. So, like I said earlier, my father, well, my parents, my mom, my, my mom and my father had four boys, four sons, which was Martin, that's the oldest, then followed by Maxine, then myself, and then Jonathan. And that was with my mom. And after, after, I like that question, BJ. Um, 
All right. After my father had Jonathan, which was the youngest, he went and had three more girls mm. by three different ladies. One lived in Queen and two in Haiti. He had three girls after my after my my my, my youngest brother, um, Jonathan. So if you sit back and you calculate, then you do the math, you know. But that was uh, my father was just I well let me rephrase that I was I am just like my father when it comes to laughing my father was the, the biggest jokester in the family and he was the oldest of all his brothers he was the firstborn he had a twin my father had a twin who passed away in her early years but he was the oldest I see a lot of my ways like my father like when it comes to joking when it comes to laughing I see I, I, I mimic my father a lot and uh, also when it comes to giving when it comes to I say it's weird because he's he's a very giving person very he, he'll give his last to his cousins to his brothers to whoever but it, it's, it's it's weird when we get more into the podcast, I explain why I, call, I say it's weird. I don't want to jump into it now, but it's very, it's very weird the way my father was. No, I was to say now, um, very giving person when it comes to his family, but when it came to my brother and I, it was it, he wasn't like that with us. He wasn't giving, so that's why I say it was weird. You, you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he would give if 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 my cousin Peggy would call him and say, "Hey, Max, I need a hundred dollars." He'll give him a hundred and twenty dollars. Give him a hundred and twenty dollars. But if I was to be like, "Hey, I need fifty dollars," then I don't have it. Ask your mother. You know, that's why I said. Wow. Yeah, that's why I say it was weird, and I only said that because it happened before. So that's why I say it was it was weird. But he's he's a very given person when it comes to his family. But not mm. his family. Mm. You know, with my father, I know again, my father and your father are siblings. But he came when he came to asking my dad for money. It's always been an obstacle. It's always been an issue, and even till today, um, I mean, I don't ask him for money. But even like as an adult, it just, I feel like it, it has an impact on me when I was younger, even as an adult as well. Well, whenever we would ask him for money, he would have this head scratching, confused look on his face and whenever he does that it then i know he didn't want to do it not to say he didn't have it he just didn't want, he to, didn't want to give it right wow yeah and that that always made it always have an impact on me i was like why do i even bother even asking you the thing is i'm, I'm not asking you for like 50 bucks or 100 dollars. i'm asking you for like a 20 dollars here 10 dollars here i want to get a haircut can i can i get like 20 dollars so i can i don't know get a haircut or I need $20 so I can get some sandwiches to go on a trip or something. And it's never been, uh, it's always been an issue. So even when I remember as a kid, I, I never went to ask my dad for money at yeah. all because whenever we did, it's always been an issue. You know what? And they made it like that. They made it to the point where when you were scared to act, it's not because of repercussions. It's not because you feel like you'll get chastised or you get beat. It's because the response is like, you know, he's not going to give it or I don't have, I don't have it. And mm -hmm. it, 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 I'm telling you what bothers it bothers me because I'm the father of two boys, Jaden and Jalil. And the day Jaden, Jaden, like I have such such good kids, and 
I, I, I give them everything I can. When they, you know what I'm saying, I give them everything I can. But it's to the point where Jaden don't want to ask me, not because he'll get chastised or the repercussion, because he'd be like, I know you don't have it, Dad. And I tell him all the time, I say, Jaden, you better ask me. Ask me. The most I can tell you is I don't have it. And right. even at times when I tell him I don't have it, it could be something small. Um, Dad, can I get a video game? Uh, I don't have it now. And that haunts me. It kills me mm. to tell him I don't have it now. To the point where, and a month later, I'm like, hey, JJ, you still want that video game? He'd be like, yeah. Like, and I get it for him because it haunts mm. me to tell my to tell my, my flesh and blood I don't have it now. Like, I know that, that, that that's a gift and a curse. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you have to teach your boys like when no is no. But I have such good kids and just like, I want to give them everything that you know what I'm saying? I want to give them everything. And so that's when I tell them, you know what? I don't have it now. And it, it just, it, it eats at me. It eats at me, BJ. Mm. Like, oh, man, I want to, because I see the look on his face and I hate letting my kids down. Right. And it's just like, oh, man, you know what? All right, you know what? In, the, in two weeks, I get this, this amount of money. I'm going to get it for him in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he's a great kid. So I want to show him that it's a reward for being a great kid. Right. I have two, two good kids, you know what I'm saying? But when it was my dad, it was, ah, oh, man, I, I got to ask this guy, damn. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I ask him what he's going to say, like, sometimes like, I'm not going to even ask. Or mm-hmm. then other times he'd be like, hey, it was to the point, <laughs> it was to the point, like, when when I was at elementary school, I used to be like, "Can I get can I get a dollar?" And he'd be like, "All right, go in my." He'd be sleep, so he'd be like, "Go in my pants pocket," and I go in that bad boy, and I take five dollars. Like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'll take a ten. <laughs> yep, give me that. I'll take that. I go in there and I take five dollars out his pocket, and I put that thing right in my pocket. Like, All right. All right. <clears throat> See, I would, I would, I would prefer. For me, I would, it would have been a lot easier if, if I would, um, if I asked my dad for some money, and he would explain to me the reason why he can't give it to me. Well, I'm not working right now. Well, I don't have it right now. Well, I'm not able to give it to you right now. But to give me a confused look as if I'm a foreign child to you, made right. me feel so insecure that I just completely just like, I, I cut it off completely. So as far as asking for money, I just cut it off. So only time I was able to have some kind of money in my pocket is if my mother was able to provide for me, and that was a, I was so provider. For money, for food, everything it was for her, from her. Same so yeah. it, it, it's it, even now when my son asks me for something, I think if I I'm not gonna tell him no if I have it. That's one and two. If I can't have it, I'm gonna tell him just like you told your son. I can't do it right now because of so and so reason. At least they know the reason behind it, but not to give you any kind of reason whatsoever. Just for something minor. It literally it pulls me away from you. It's like two opposite poles. It just pulls me away from you. Where that I just cut off. I just don't even bother even even asking right. for anything. Right. And the 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 what the the sad part about it is, my father used to have knots. Bj like he used to have he used to drive a yellow cab. You know the yellow cab. All you got to do it. You rent a cab. You pay such and such amount of dollars and whatever money you make. If you used to hustle, you can make a lot of money, especially downtown. Uh, a cousin of mine, he does yellow cab, and he told me the amount of money he'll make in two, three days. Wow. Yeah, and my father used to make a lot of money with the yellow cab. If he, if he was to really grind and hustle and work maybe a 12-hour shift, he could. And so he'll have a knot. Mm. 
and he'll and he'll flaunt that now. He'll flaunt it like we hang out with with your brothers, or he'll go to your, and he'll pull out. Yeah, order what you want. Order what you want, and he'll pull out a knot, and it'll be thick. I'll be like, wow, like. And for me to ask him for money for a haircut, and he just shoot us away, like, go ask your mother. Mm. Yeah, that's just that's very disheartening. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah, uh, but I understand, man. I, I understand, uh, and for me, it just kind of it's just kind of interesting that you know both the brothers shared similar, you know, trait lines. Yeah, characteristics. Yeah. It's so it's so interesting, and I would I always find it so weird where their personality trait was so similar, and I I didn't know to the degree that Marx was like that. I mean, I know he wasn't contributing to the house, but I don't know the full degree of him not contributing anything in the house and that that in itself literally just was an eye-opener as i spoke to maxine and jonathan and you yourself now the more i talk to you guys the more i'm able to get a better picture of how your livelihoods were right 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 yeah it wasn't all peaches and cream mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i don't mention you you mentioned earlier how you know one of the characteristics of your dad is that you took his his, his humor you know, when yeah. you're in a, in a crowd or when you're in, in, in a particular area, you're trying to break the ice by uh, saying a couple of jokes because, you know, that's just a characteristic of you. What right. what other characteristic of, of you that you find, um, characteristic of your dad that you find in you and even maybe in your son? My oldest son, I don't see, people People say he acts like me. No, people don't say he acts like me, but I don't see that either. But my youngest son, Jalil, what he's a spitting image of me. He jokes like me. He's very sarcastic like me. He he's a spitting image. He's ah, uh, he's a spitting image. My oldest son. I say we have a closer. I want to say I don't want to. I want to choose the words correctly. I we're not. I'm not closer to my oldest son than I am. I'm closer to both my kids. I talk to both my kids. But my oldest son is 14, and we at the point now where he talked to me about every and, and any and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about sex. I'm talking about masturbation. I'm talking about dating. I'm talking about sneakers, basketball. I'm talking about smoking marijuana. We spoke about all this, BJ. We talk about all this, and he just comes to me like that. Like he would just sit at the table. He'd be like. And what age was you when you first had sex? And he just asked me like, and, and, that, and that is so lovely. Like that's so, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the feeling of that, like, he trusted me. And he, like we talked about, we were talking about masturbation the other day. Yeah, like how old was you when you first did it? And we just have a regular conversation and I let it be known. But I don't talk to my youngest son about it. Although he's about to be 13, I, I still see him as a baby. Right. But my youngest son has all my characteristic when it comes to sarcasm when it comes to humor when it comes to joking when it comes to he need to have the spotlight i'm i'm usually in the always in the spotlight when it comes to dancing everything he does is just is me he's skinny like me and then my oldest son i see it's different he's just, my oldest son is quiet i can see my oldest son being more like martin and maxine okay but when it comes to my youngest son, he's just like me and J.O. How was your um, how was your relationship with your dad before he passed away? And after he passed away, how was their relationship? Okay, so that's a good question. All right. Out of, out of the, my four brothers, 
I was my dad. I was my dad's favorite son. How I know this? Because he said it plenty of times. He told me. <laughs> he did. I'm telling you. He said it plenty of times. He said it plenty of times. So I was my dad's favorite son. So when it came to, I was just, he, when he go out and stuff, he always bring Martin because Martin is the oldest. Um, I think he wanted to abort me when I was a baby. He wanted to abort me. Mm. But as time went on, I guess I became my dad's favorite. He told, he said that, I'm sorry, he told my uncle, my aunt, dad. Um, um, he told, I think my mom even mentioned it before. So we had, uh, the relationship between him and I, as I got older, I became more fearless. Like, I, I didn't care what I said to him. Uh, maybe when I, at the age of 16, 17, I like, especially when I had my son, when I had my first son, when I, that's the story that that's just when I brought my brother Jaden home two weeks after he was born um after that he, I like I didn't help I didn't hold my tongue with him I let him know whatever I but before that I used to be really scared of this guy hmm. I, used to be, I used to be really scared of him like he used to give me this look where he raised his eyebrow like like the rock mm-hmm. yeah I used to be really scared of him BJ um I think we all was. We always to be. We all used to be scared of our, of my pops, but um, the relationship between him and I. Well, I just remember way more negative things that he did to me, or he said, or he'll try to embarrass me in front of people because mm-hmm. I was I was clumsy. You know what? To uh, <laughs> to go back to the prior question, I'm sorry. That's what my oldest son takes from me. My the klutz. He was a he's a klutz, and I'm I was a klutz. Okay. My oldest son is a klutz. That's what he takes from me, and I'm a klutz. Sorry. Okay. Um, to go back, but um, he would try to embarrass me in front of people all the time. Intentionally, but in his eyes, he's joking. Right. People people are laughing. I I understand that, but you know what though? I would never do that to my son. Like right. I just. If I'm joking with my son and I see he's getting hurt, jokes over. I'm not gonna embarrass him for no one. So let's say emo, emo will always come. My cousin will always come over and play cards with him and stuff like that. And he would in, intentionally embarrass me, mm. but jokingly on his behalf, but on my behalf, I'm hurt. Mm. I'm embarrassed. So he'll do that like whenever his brothers to come over or his cousins to come over. Like, hey, check this out, check this out. Come in. And he'll do something, you know what I'm saying? Like, something embarrassing. Like, he'll try to embarrass me. And they'll laugh. He will laugh. I wouldn't laugh because I'm embarrassed. Mm. How did his death affect you? It made me realize, one, that any one of us can go any day. That's one. I know that's so cliche, but it's just, when I wish he was allowed, for one reason, there's so many things I want to tell him. There's so many things I want to I want to say to him. I'll give you an example. Right? Junior high school. I was graduating junior high school. I never forget you BJ, I would never forget this. And it just scarred me till today. I was graduating junior high school. My my junior high school graduation, BJ. I remember this like it was yesterday. He had no car. Right? My uncle. My uncle Tom. Offer his services. I, I'll take y'all. 
I'll bring y'all back, whatever. We was going to Lehman Cop. I, I went to IS-195, the school under my building, under 3030. I was graduating from there. So Uncle Thom offered his services. I'd pick out, because Thom had a minivan. I'd pick it up, I'd take out there, I'd bring it back home. So I wanted, there's a pair of boots I wanted so bad. I'm like, damn, I want these boots for my graduation. My mother made it happen. She bought me the boots I wanted for my graduation. My father didn't give me not a dime for my graduation. Not a dime, not a congratulations, not I'm proud of you, nothing. I remember this like it was yesterday, BJ, I promise you. As a matter of fact, me and my little brother was talking about it the other day. And my little brother was there too. Mm. Jay was there too. We was talking about it. We were just talking about this. He didn't give, a, give me not a dime for my graduation. Not a congratulation. But he went to the graduation. But he was so upset that that my uncle my uncle was taking me was taking us to his graduation. I don't know if he was jealous or whatever the case may be. He was jealous. He was upset that my uncle Tom was taking me to his graduation. So he's upset, but he's not telling nobody he's upset. So the boots that my mother bought me, they they called Durango boots. I had Durango boots on. He's sitting in the front seat with Uncle Tom. Tom is driving. He's in a passenger. He's in a passenger. I'm in the middle two seat. My, me and my mom and Jay's in the back seat, and we're driving to the graduation. And with these boots I had on, I had on these ankle white socks. The boots, the boots was kind of high, so it doesn't matter what kind of socks I had on. It was high, it was high boots. Right. So I'm sitting in the back seat. I have my cap and gown on, going to the graduation. Dom looks back. He looks at my boots. He goes, "Why you wear these socks with these boots?" And I go, oh, I don't know. I had no other socks. I just decided to put this on. And my father turns around and goes, because he's stupid. That's why this is my graduation. Wow. Listen, he goes, he's stupid. He's stupid. That's why Because he's an idiot. And I look at him like, what? Like, where's this coming from? And he goes, he's stupid. And I go, all right. I said, I, did I tell him? I said, all right, relax. It's just socks relax. Don't tell me about relax. I said you stupid. This is my graduation day, and I go. I, then I, I then I reply. I said uh, I, I can't be that stupid. I'm graduating today. It's my graduation day, so I'm not that stupid. And he goes, shut up. I said shut up. Say one more thing, and and he starts slapping me. He's slapping me, right? He's slapping me, slapping me in my neck, slapping me in my face, and I'm crying. And then everybody's like, yo, my, my, my uncle called Max Blanc. He's like, Blanc, relax. And he goes, no. I said, he's stupid. He's going to tell me he's not stupid. I said, he's stupid. And Jay's in the back seat, and I'm crying. And, and he goes, say another word. And he took, remember the club? You know, remember the, back then, there was a club that go across the steering yeah. wheel? Yeah. So he takes the club, and he pulls it apart. He goes, say another word. I'm going to hit you with this. If I say you're stupid, then you're stupid. And he's holding the club in his hand, like he's about to hit me with the club. And I'm crying, like like someone someone just dies. I'm crying, bro. I'm crying. I go to my graduation. I'm like, I'm everybody's having a good time. Everybody's online. We're about to march down the aisle. I'm about to march down the aisle, but tears are coming down my face. And then I remember this journey like it was yesterday. I was like, yo. And 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 what I told my brother was, I said, imagine. JJ or Jalil graduating from somewhere 
and I got the nerve to put my hands on them because of some socks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because of some socks. And then I said, I said, no matter how upset I am, no matter how jealous I am, I'm uh, first of all, I would not never not give them anything for the graduation. Number two, I would never belittle them on the graduation day. Or number three, I would never assault them on the graduation day. Like it's their graduation. Same thing goes for the birthday. I won't I won't I won't do that period. I could count on one hand how many times I ever hit my my kids. I probably hit my kids maybe five times. Both of them put together. I'm not, I, I don't I don't put hands on my kids. I believe there's other ways to discipline to discipline your kid. But he beat me like 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 I stole something and he's calling me stupid, he called me an idiot. And this is my graduation day. And kind of find out it was all because he was upset that we was getting a ride from Thom. He was jealous or whatever the case is. We was getting a ride from Thom and he was upset. So he needed something to take the, the anger out on. So on the way back home, I'm still crying. On the way back home, I'm still, I'm, I'm crying. Graduation is over. I mean, my mother made a big dinner for me and my father's still carrying on, right? And Dom says, my uncle says, Huh? Blah? If you keep carrying on like this, I'm not going to go upstairs to eat dinner with y'all. That's what my uncle said. So my father took that as a, oh, wow. So if I keep doing this, he's not going to come. So I'm going to keep doing this even more. And he continued to do it even more. And Dom didn't come upstairs. Yo, BJ, when I say I'll never forget that day, I'll never. So when he passed, I never got to ask him why. Mm. And it it haunts me to today, BJ. It haunts me. If it was one question I wanted to ask him, I would just want to ask him, why did you hit me on my graduation day? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, he whooped my ass on my graduation day because of socks, BJ. Not because I stole something. Not because I took the $5 out of his pocket a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I took the $5 out. Because I had white ankle socks with a pair of boots. Even though I had black socks, even though I had the long socks, it still would, you still wouldn't be able to see it. And I just want to ask him, like, it was just a couple of things. One thing I learned from his death, if, if, if someone is living, you love, or you have some kind of beef with, or you have or you have something you want to say to a person to say why say why they're alive right. say why they're alive and I, and I gave that I gave that speech at his funeral too I said we got I, I told him I said we got to tell people we love them while they're alive or we got to tell people why why they're alive I gave that same exact speech at my father's funeral mm. I said I could tell him a thousand times I love him right now he won't hear me I've known you for this length of time, and what I've what I've came to understand is that, and I, and I spoke to um, Jonathan about it, and he seems to be a little bit a little bit reluctant towards it. But I know with you, it comes out a little easier, a little more fluid. To just say the word that I love you, and I know you say it like you say it even it's with ease now. I think because you're so used to saying it now, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But with Jonathan mm-hmm. now, I, I noticed that just to even say it to a to you guys, it becomes foreign it becomes hard for him to say it so i i, I mean i command you with that and I'm, I'm encouraging him and i i know i teased him on the podcast about saying i love you because again like you said i we may be as healthy as we are today but tomorrow we could wake up and not have the breath of life in our, on us 
you know? So we exactly. need to take advantage exactly. of the opportunity of today of just telling the person that you love them. I know it's hard because it's foreign. It's foreign because it wasn't, it wasn't something that we grew up with, but because mm -hmm. we have this stuff here, we have the breath of life in us now. We just need to take advantage of it and, and take that step and to say, look, it's just, I know I said it's simple. I can say it's simple because I've said it and I can like move away from it. But just those four letter words are so powerful. Just coming out your lips, your mouth is so hard to say. You know, when, when my father was living, he told me, he told me I love you one time. Hmm. I remember that. I remember like it was, I remember that he called the house. Cause like I said, I was, when I say I was my father's favorite, I was his favorite. Like, I don't, oh, right, so my father never bought us clothing. He never bought us boots, nothing. But he bought me a pair of boots one time. It was only one time. He called me. He said, what size you wear? And I was like, uh, at that time, I think I was 12. I said, 12. And he came home with a pair of boots. But he never, not one time, bought a pair of boots for any of my brothers. Wow. Any of my siblings. He never bought a, a jacket. Never bought anything for a pair of uh and there was one time he called the house and he go, hey, how's it going? He came, he called to check up on me. And I was like, I'm good. He's like, oh, everything all right? And I was like, yeah. He said, all right, daddy loves you. Mm. And I was like, okay. And that was the only time he ever said it. But when he passed, I was telling people at the funeral, like, yo, we all we could say how much we love him now, but it doesn't mean nothing. It's just it's all just spoken words. We gotta tell them why they're living, what we gotta say. So that's one way it affected me also. Yeah. And another thing that affected me was looking at the way my father parent, the way he fathered. Right. right so there's a saying that goes, There's twin boys, they have a father, right? Their father was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. One twin says, I drink because my father was an alcoholic. The other twin says, I don't drink because my father was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm coming yeah. from? So, just because my father was one way doesn't mean I had to, I had to be that way too because he did it. You know what I'm right. saying? I could choose whether to do it or not. Right. And that's one. That's one thing I looked at. So, having my kids, having my kids, I'm like, I'll be damned if I was to be the uh, the parent that my father was. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. I'm the I'm the kid that was like that. Choose not to be an alcoholic because my father was an alcoholic. Uh, okay, let's take a brief commercial break. We'll be right back after this sponsor. Hey guys, Bejemson Darius, aka BJ here from Dear Dad Podcast. Now, when I started this podcast, I wanted a platform where I can record and upload my content very easily. I didn't want to go through any hoops to get my podcast out there. When I did study my podcast, I was on a different platform. But after I was introduced to Anchor not once, not twice, but over three times by my close friends, I decided to give Anchor a try. I must say, I absolutely love it. Not only is it easy to use, but I am able to record, edit, post, and publish all my episodes right there on the app or the site. I was able to transfer all my episodes onto Anchor in less than five minutes. That, for me, was unbelievable. Oh yeah, 
here's the best thing of all it's free it is free to use yeah i know that's crazy but take my word on this it's true using anchor has definitely made podcasts so easy trust me you love it so download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started absolutely yeah i hear you absolutely all right so let's change the mood a little bit so let's, yeah. let's change this towards parenthood right you being a father yes you know so dive in and tell me and tell us um tell me about fatherhood i love being a father well i love being a father to my boys i love being a father to my boys it's the best feeling all right so here goes the story do we have popcorn popcorn yeah, <laughs> not with me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen. So here goes the fun. So I was dating this young lady, right? I was, I'm dating this young lady. I got her pregnant. Boom, she got pregnant. Um, I'm gonna fast forward that I'm that I'm gonna go back, and I'm, I'm gonna let some things out. I'm gonna let some things out the bag that a lot of some people don't know. Some people do know. I'm let I'm I'm gonna let it out the okay. bag. Okay. So I'm dating this young lady real quick. Uh, within a month, I believe she got pregnant. Within a month. Uh she she she's ready. She gave birth on March 2nd. Right? She gave birth on March 2nd. I didn't bring the baby home. I didn't bring JJ home until March 27th, my birthday, my 18th birthday. That's when I brought JJ home. Mm-hmm. And so that's two weeks after he was born, I brought him home, and then I just walk, I just walk with them wrapped up in the house. I walk with them wrapped up in the house, and um, and I go here, and my mother's like, "What's that? What's your grandson?" And this big commotion breaks out. She's crying. My father's crying. Um, I didn't finish school at the time, so Martin's like, "Yo, you better, you better finish school." He goes, I'm going to F you up. You better finish school. And he's crying. And then Max, Max left work early. He's coming home to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what was that going to be. Let's say, let's say you beat me up, right? All right. Now you beat me. You just beat me up. Like, <laughs> the baby's still going to be right here. So he's, he left. But he said when he saw the baby... He was like, oh, I can't do nothing about this. This is my was my nephew. It was a big commotion. Now to to rewind. So my the story I gave everyone was I didn't bring him home. I didn't let no one know that she was pregnant. Was because was because I was scared. But truth be told, I was still with her, and I didn't want no one to look at her differently. So what happened, the, the the real story behind that was. She didn't know whether I was the father or her ex-boyfriend was the father. Mm. So that means she was still dealing with both of us at the same time. Okay. okay, so that was the real story behind it. But I didn't tell no one the story until years later. Like, you know what? This is the real story why I didn't let no one know I had a baby. Um, She might have been pregnant. Because I would love to have a baby shower. I would love to have all that. I, would, I wasn't even there for the birth. Like, she wouldn't let me... She wouldn't let me be there because at one point she said I wasn't the father. He was the father. And then when he was born, she was like, the baby looked like me. And he's not the father. And then that's when I brought him home. Mm, okay. 
the true story behind it is because she didn't know who was the father between him and I. And I didn't want no one to, to, to judge her because I still was with her at the time. I still was dating her and I didn't want no one to judge my girlfriend. And, you know, so I'm like, you know what? This is the story I'm going to tell. But from that right there, that was the best moment of my life because being a father is is it's one of the proud things I could say I've accomplished. Like, especially the two boys that the two boys that that I'm raising, I'm seeing become men now. That is more, one of the most proud moments of of my life. Mm-hmm. That's the proud moment I see my boy, and it's daddy and um, daddy. What do you do about this? Or daddy, do you want to play this? Or they Facetime me every two three hours i get a facetime from 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 them like what are you doing what are you up to are you sick you know what i mean are you how you feeling how did you sleep you know that that right there is, the, is those are my boys like those, those those are my boys me those are those are my boys you know what i'm talking about absolutely you know they I, I can honestly say I, I love the relationship between you and your sons is i love the yeah. dynamics i love the way you guys just like flow through life you guys are like two two three best friends i can say and i like yes. i like the way you carry yourself as a father as a friend and um uh to them and i, I just i always admire that the way you carry yourself uh, around them and the way they show you respect is um it's it's profound i, I remember this one story that i could tell and i think i told i don't know how many people i told this story um where you said there was a time where your your son came and i think he he either disrespected you or something like that, or he did something wrong in school. Um, and he, he, you didn't like that. So you tell him that, you know what? You can do whatever you want to do as long as you don't talk to me. You know? Oh, yeah. He said, as long as you can, you can play video game, you can eat all the junk food you want, you can sleep late, you can do anything you want. Man, you can do whatever you want in this house. You can go out party as much as you want. I don't care. Do whatever you want. As long as you don't say a single word to me. And that in itself broke him down. That yeah, killed him. I think that was a good, it's a different strategy of, of I wouldn't say a mental game, but that's the that's the relationship that you have with your son where he knows your you talking to him means more, more to him than anything in the world. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that like it was yesterday too. I said, JJ, don't say anything to me. Go play the game, go eat, do whatever you want. BJ, you know that boy laid in his bed and cried and didn't eat. Didn't touch the game until I spoke to him. Until we was until we was cool. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that's punished. That's just that, that that that's the punishment I give them now. Like you know what? Okay, that's how you feel. And that and I think and that's why they're not afraid to ask me. My youngest son is twelve years old. He he calls me the other day like, Daddy, you know I broke up with my girlfriend. <laughs> I go, He's twelve years old. He goes, yeah. And he goes, let me let me send you the chat. And he screenshots, he screen records the chat, and he sends it to me. And he go, look. And I'm like, I never had that with my dad. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I never had that. Like I was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask him. I wouldn't ask him about. I, I, I never got any girl advice from my dad. Only no, well, only advice I got via him was through my brother Martin. But he told Martin, because one time me and my girlfriend, my kid's mother at the time, we had a big argument and I was crying. It got to the point where I was crying. 
And then he told Martin, like, yo, it's your brother, my star. He's not supposed to never let a girl see you cry. And then Martin related that message to me. That's the only advice I ever got. Mm. Earlier you mentioned that, you know, uh, when you first had your son, the relationship between you and uh, his mother was, you know, you know, there was a dynamic between who was the father and who wasn't. And, you know, it wasn't planned pretty much, right? With mm-hmm. your first son. And that's, and that's okay. Sometimes unplanned things are it's always the best, sometimes the best thing in the world. But any childbearing, any child that you give is always a, it's always a gift. So I wanted to find out if before you, before you became a dad, did you have any, any idea what kind of dad you wanted to be? And if so, are you that person now? Um, before I became a dad, I didn't really think too much on fatherhood, to be honest. Um, but I did, I always wanted to be the dad. I always wanted to be that dad that my, me and my son was so close that you could tell, like, are they brothers or they father and son? That's how I always wanted it to be. Are they, bro- are they brothers? That's your father? Right. Like, when I go, like, like, one of, like one of the greatest feelings when I go pick up my dad. So, me and my sons, we have a special handshake we do. We have a handshake. So, when I go pick him up from school and I do the handshake and I give him a hug, I'm like, what's up? Like, I'm like, JJ, where is she? Where's the girl? And he's like, daddy, stop. And then his friend be like, that's your dad? Yeah, he's cool. Like, And that's the dad I wanted to be. I always wanted to be that dad. And and I can honestly say I'm I'm really that dad now. Nice. I don't. I didn't want it to be that dad. Like, walk straight. Walk. Walk straight and don't do that. Why are you doing that in the street? Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna beat you. Like, no, that's not. That's not fun. I. I go to my school. My son's school. Hey, what's up? This is your friend. Hey, what's up, Jaden, Tahim. I met his friends. Hey, you guys want pizza? All right, come on over. Let's all go get pizza. We all go. Me, JJ, JJ, friends. And then when he he called me, he was like, Daddy, my friend thinks you're cool. Like, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You don't got to tell me that. So that's that I always wanted to be. But at the same time, the, I want them to know they they to know when I'm serious. Right. And they know that, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? All right, let me talk to you guys. Right. Listen, this homework got to be done by such and such time. And, you know, when it comes to the classwork, this, that, and they know when I'm serious. But for the most part, it's we cool, smooth sailing, relaxing. And that's the that's the dad I always wanted to be. Nice. What is the um what do you enjoy most about being a dad? To be honest, just now the the what I enjoy now about being a dad is the the advice and the talks I can have with my kids. Mm-hmm. And I can have it with them without sugarcoating anything. And the, the and honestly, the best part, BJ, is when they come to you, when they come to me, asking me questions, but they, they, there's no fear in the question they ask me. Right. Like, my son asked me about brown wine the other day, or we spoke about beer, and 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 I was like. JJ, I need you. I need you to do me a favor. He was like, "What?" I said, "If you, I don't want you trying this, but if you ever were to try it, I have to be the first person you let know." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "That's the deal." All right, it was, and 
that like that right there is the, the the connection, the bond that I have. That's the best part about being a dad. You know, I asked um, Jonathan the same question. You know, I, it's similar, something similar to, and, I, and he told me that, that I was telling him that, um, you know, it's it's crazy how much love that he, that I have for this kid, and just sitting here watching him and developing and growing, and I'm sitting here, I'm watching him. It gets me emotional to see this is my offspring, this is my child, this is who I help bring, give life to, you know, and. I'm, I'm watching him listening and, and see him grow and we have this thing where we both wake up in the morning and, and uh at times because mommy sleeps in and i well him and i wakes up early so usually us in the morning and he told me that jonathan said that you know the best thing you can um it is it, it, yet to come pretty much so the best thing is when he comes to you and talks to you and asks you questions and then you you too if not could come up with a solution the best time is just like when he, you you able to like literally talk to him and he's talking to you back. That's when mm-hmm. you know like yo this is this is real. Right now he's he's able to communicate but not a conversation. But when he's able to carry a conversation and you know share his own thoughts and you guys are like sharing ideas, that's when it becomes real. Yeah, oh, man, that's the best feeling be doing when he come to you and be like, "Dad, let me ask you this." You know, you wear your sneakers like this, but if I wear my sneakers like this, it, that's the best feeling, BJ. BJ, I got a phone call the other day from my son, and I and he said, "Yeah, Daddy, I saw these Jordans, but they're green." And then we just had a conversation on Jordans, and I'm like, "This is my friend, like, this is, <laughs> right? This is my homie." Like, yeah, you saw the pine, like Daddy, I saw the pine green Jordan you was talking about. Yeah, you like them? Like, yeah, I get it from you. No, 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 Daddy, you don't have to get it from me. My son told me the other day, um, you gave me all these luxury things, so. You don't have to get it from me. That's what you told me. Wow. I'm like, what? You what? You trying to kill me? That shit hurt. <laughs> it, it, it melted my heart. Like, come pick me up. Like those conversations right there, BJ. It's just like, nah, you don't have to get it from daddy. I know you don't have money. I know you're struggling and such and such. But you get all these things from me, and you don't have to. But I saw the Pangolin Jordans and the Pangolin Jordans and so and so so and so. Like it's just a regular conversation, as if I would call one of my one of my friends up and like, yo, you saw the pine green Jordan? That's the com- like, that's the conversation me and my friend had. Or JJ, you spoke to that girl today? Like, yeah. Ah, uh, you a sucker? No, I'm not. I'm not a sucker. Like, and it's just, it's just, it's just so genuine. It's so, it just feels so good, BJ. You don't understand the feeling. The feeling is so, like, <clears throat> I know for a fact you do an awesome job as a parent now. But your son is not at that age where he just come like like you said, you know, he's he didn't come to you for advice yet. So when you start coming with that and you're able to just listen and just to have a mutual conversation without answering his question, it's just Yeah. Wow. Wow. What are three happy moments uh in your life as being a dad? <sighs> three happy moments. All right, so uh I have so many. All right, the the first, very first happy moment was when I brought my first son home. My first son home at two weeks old. That was a very happy moment for me. I felt I felt like a man then. Mm. I felt like a man. Right. Second happy moment was when I had Jalil and I was able to be in the hospital this time because I wasn't be I wasn't able to be at my first son's birth. So I missed my first son's birth. 
So I was able to be at my second son's birth at the hospital. And when they gave her the C-section, the minute they cut her, the minute I heard him cry and I started crying, I started crying. Mm -hmm. That was the second moment. And um, another, I'll never forget this moment. This is my, my oldest son, he was graduating. He was going to third grade. I think he's having a step-up ceremony, right? Step-up ceremony. And I went to his step-up ceremony. He was stepping up. And then it was a whole bunch of parents sitting down in the audience. And they said, Jaden Darius. And I stood up. And I was like, yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, I'm going crazy. And the principal came and I said, sir, you got to calm down, sir, calm down. I said, there's no way you calming me down. That's my son up there. Go, JJ. You're not calming me down. <laughs> right? I, I, said that to the, I said that to the principal. I'm like, oh, I'm leaving here in cops. <laughs> so I said, you're not calling me down. That's my boy up there. And you know what she told me when the ceremony was over? This made me so proud. You know what she told me, the principal? What he said? She, she said, we need more dads like you. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Oh. So you're not pressing charges. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> so I can go. So yeah, the principal told me that we need more dads just like you. And I was like, oh man, I appreciate that. That's my boy up there. And those are just those, those are just the name three. There's so much more, but those are just the name three. Right. Right, right, right. And um as a as a dad, being a dad that you are right now, is there anything you wish you had done different? To be honest, BJ, all right. <laughs> you asked all the right question. All right. <sighs> to say is there anything I wish I would have done different? All right. So me personally, everything happens for a reason, right? I'm a firm believer in that. Everything happens in, 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 in the timeline that God wants it to happen. But to, 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 to tell you my story, where I'm at today, Oh my God, BJ, it was so much of a fight for me to, all right. So now, right now I get my boys every other weekend, right? Court ordered visitation. But to get to that, BJ, the court system is so rigged and it's so, it's so not for the black male, the black male fathers. It's the court system is not for, it was so many times, BJ. I came home, I cried on that train ride home. I cried because I wasn't able to see my son. And the only thing the court told me what to do was to come back next month. Wow. And as a matter of fact, I had a court date last month. But the only reason why the court date, no, I'm lying. Lies I tell. I had a court date this month in April. But the only reason why the court date was postponed was because the COVID 19 thing. Right. But this has been going on for about three years now. For three years, I've been going to court every month. So what happened is their mother and I had a terrible breakup. Horrible breakup. But what happened, I believe, my mother believed, my brothers believed, what happens is what it, it was a pattern that was demonstrated on her behalf where she would break up with me, we'll take a, we'll, we'll take a break, I will leave, 
come stay with my brother in Long Island and she will live her life, date whoever, mess with whoever. And then when she's done, she'll come back to me. Mm. It was a pattern being demonstrated. That pattern was, 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 was very redundant until the last time I said, I'm not doing this again. And I left and no, no more coming back. So the breakup was so bad. She decided that I'm not going to, she's not going to let me see the kid. Oh man. Yeah. That's the, and you know, some, some, not all females, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure your wife is not like this. You have a beautiful wife. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of wives that are not like this, but a lot of females, especially, excuse my, excuse me for saying this, but especially, no, I'm not going to even say black female. I don't even know. I don't even know. I was going to say black females, but a lot of females, they use the kids as pawn, as a pawn in a war that the parents are going. Right. I see it on television. I see it all the time. They use it as a pawn. And unfortunately, I was a victim of that. My little brother was the victim of that. They use the kid as a pawn in a war that, that, so they know that you love these, these kids. So she know that I love these kids so much. I want to hurt him so bad. What, what can I do to him to hurt him? If, 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 if you bought a brand new BMW, brand new BMW, she know that you put all your earnings, all your life savings into this BMW. You love this BMW so much. In her mind, it's, what can I do to hurt him? You know what? He loved that car. I'm going to go mess the car up. Mm. You know what right. I'm saying? That's how they think. As opposed to guys, it's, I'm going to move on. I'm going to I'm gonna find somebody else. I'm going to make myself happy. Whatever. That's not, that's not guys thing. We're not going to... I'm pretty sure there's like maybe 0.1% of a guy that will go key a female's car because they know that she loved that car so right. much. We're not going to do that. So what they do is they find something, they target something that you love dearly, unconditionally, and they use it against you. And for me, unfortunately, it was these two boys. These two boys, BJ, let me tell you, when I was with them, and I, I, I promise you, I only seen this in, in, in television. I used to read my kids' bedtime story when I was living with them. All right. They took a shower. Let's go read a bedtime story. I had to read them bedtime story. And then I wake up in the morning get them dressed take them to the school bus and the first thing they ask me the first thing they ask me is are you are you picking us up from school i'm like nah mommy but we want you to pick me up from school i promise you bj it was time she used to tell me you know the kids love you more than they love me i'm like no mm -hmm. don't say it don't say it she, she out of her own mouth she just telling me that so she know the bond that right. we had so when we broke up so the last, uh, I'm not gonna sit here and say I was an angel. We, on throughout the course of the relationship, it was uh, we both cheated on each other back and forth. But it was very unhealthy. It was a very toxic relationship. BJ. It was so it was toxic. I couldn't take it no more. So the last time she cheated, we were supposed to be working it out, and we're not doing this. We're not doing this no more. We're not gonna cheat on each other no more. When we came to that agreement. She ended up. Um, she ended up cheating on me. I, I, I went to her phone and I saw the messages and the pictures and stuff like that. So I'm like, that's it. We're not working it out. I'm leaving. And that was 
was supposed to be the last the last straw. I left, and she saw that I wasn't coming back. And the fact that she she realized she couldn't get me back, that's when she, the kids came into play. Right. So I couldn't see. I'm talking about I couldn't see the kids. I'm like, all right, you know what? I can't see them here. I'm gonna go to the school and pick them up. I went to the school. Um, I'm sorry, Mr. Darius, we can't allow you in the school. The mother told me you guys have some domestic issues, and if it's a domestic issue, you can't let the father into the school. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm I'm the father. I'm like, yeah, we know, but if you come to the school, we gotta call the, the police. At, at the school, I'm at the school, and the, and the principal's telling me this is a different school. The principal's telling me this. You know how it feels you go pick up your kid, and they say we can't let you in. Yeah. Mm. BJ, I'm at the school and I'm crying like I gotta see my boys. BJ, it was at one point where only time I saw my boys was a Friday and that's to go give them money and then it was after school. She wouldn't I wouldn't know where they would stay. I wouldn't know what they ate. I wouldn't know what they wore. I didn't know anything. It was hectic. It was hectic. It was hectic. It was hectic. So I had to go to court. I took it to court. No, she took me to, no, the first thing she did was put me on child support. She put me on child support. I went in the first child support date. They started garnishing money out of my mm. check. They ain't waste no time. First child support date. So I said, okay, I'm going to file for visitation. She's not letting me see the kids. It took me three years to finally get a visitation order. It took me three years. And even though I got the visitation order, she still wouldn't abide by the visitation rules. So now I'm going to court to see if, if they could either put her in jail or something because that's called contempt. When you're not following court orders, it's called contempt. You're being in contempt of court. So I have a I have a public defender, and he's telling me that they're not going to put her in jail. They're not going to do anything. So it's pretty much they're not going to do anything about it. But that's the one thing I wish I would have did differently. Mm. Known who I was laying in bed with. If I known, if I knew better, I would have did better. They say if you know better, if you knew better, you do better. So that's the one to answer that question. That's one thing I would wish I would have did different. Known who I was laying in, who I was dancing with. Wow, 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 wow. Oh man, uh, I have pretty much one more question for you, and I'll let you go. So. What kind of message do you want to leave with the fathers and dads out there? Oh, the fathers and dads. First thing, whatever it is you're going through, to all the fathers. Not everybody's going through my situation, but if you find yourself going through my situation, you find yourself back and forth from court, please, for your sons, for your daughter's sake, don't ever give up. It was so many times I came home and I said, I'm not going back. I give up. I told myself that. I give up. I talked to my, I told BJ, I told myself, I'll talk to my boys when they're 18. My brother's like, are you stupid? You're not giving up. You're going to court next month. Maxine was giving me $60, $70. Here, this is for the, this is for the train ticket. The train ticket one way is like $17. Maxine's giving me $17. My team gave me sixty, seventy dollars. Yeah, it's for your court next month. I'm like, yeah, bro. I don't feel like going no more. He's like, well, you're gonna, you're gonna have to. This is exactly what he told me. You're gonna have to feel like going, cause you're not giving up on them kids. 
Jay went through the same thing I went through. And he didn't give up. And look, his son is over here now. I didn't give up. I talked to my sons every two, three hours. And sometimes I, I want to block them. Sometimes I want to block my kids. Stop calling. They call me so much. So the fathers out there, all I want to say is if you have a child, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the circumstances, and it didn't work out for you and the mother, and you have to go through a lot of BS, do not give up. I almost made that mistake, and I almost gave up, and that will let me in a, in a world full of hurt. Do not give up. And another thing I want to also say is, like I said earlier, if your father was one way with you, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be that same way with your with your with your with your child. You can end up being the opposite. If your father, if you had a bad father, if you had a a bad childhood growing up, make your kids different. Make your kids' childhood experience different. There's no reason for us. 2020, there's no reason for us to be deadbeat, especially being black. Mm. We know which which statistics. There's no reason for us to be deadbeats. There's no reason for us to let our child go through what we went through. Right. There's no reason. I refuse to. I refuse to let Jaden and Jalil go through what the childhood. My, my child wasn't even that bad. I had an excellent mother. My father was messed up on some parts. But I'm not going to do what my father did. There's no reason for us to... To, 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 there's no reason for us not to break that cycle. Right. There's no reason for us to follow that pattern. There's no reason for us. And and looking at the, looking at the family, BJ, a lot of us are breaking that cycle. Absolutely, a lot of us. A lot of us. We are, BJ. We are excellent dads. Yes, sir. You, me, your brothers, my brothers, Gabe. Yo, we are excellent uncles. We are excellent dads. We are excellent, and it's a blessing. It is a blessing, and I guarantee you, I'm 99.9 percent sure when our kids grow up, they're gonna be like, "Man, my dad was this. My dad did this. I love my dad. I promise you." Man, you're preaching right now. <laughs> you're preaching right now, and I, again, I want to just, I want to just thank you first and foremost, Mike, for for this time, for giving me your story, giving me your journey, giving me your life story of how you overcame this thing overcame these obstacles in your lives. And I'm so glad that you were able to take this opportunity to just share with us. And man, this, again, there's a lot of stuff of, uh, about you that I didn't, I didn't even know that you told me this on this podcast. And, and again, this platform is just, again, it's to just tell you, to tell your story, to tell the, the world out there that one, there is good fathers out there. There is good fathers out there. There is good dads out there. There's good black men out there. Um, like you said, there is yeah. the court system is not the best for, that uh, that works the best for us. But if you're going through ordeal, like you said before, with the court system, hold on, man, hold on. It's it. it yes, your, your kids is worth it. You know, maybe because you're going through this, it gives you a better relationship. It gives you a better understanding how much of a dad you need to be, um, how much fight you need to fight for your child. So you just hold on. I mean, having a child is not easy. But if it was easy. I don't think you would learn or we appreciate uh, our duty as being a dad. So I, 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 I'm so thankful that you're able to come to this podcast and tell me your journey, tell me your story, man. And I, I love you so much for who you are and what you're doing. 
I use you as, you as an example, as father. Um, I had my child after you, and I'm still using you as a father. As, uh, I, as I said before, I'm still using your stories and plug it into mine because you're doing such a, a good job. I'm learning to parent through bro. you. Yeah, that means a lot. That means I, a I'm lot, learning bro. to parent through that. you. You're doing an amazing job, man. Because you're doing an amazing job. You have a great relationship with your sons, and I want to have that as well. And I love that. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. And I want to commend you that doing the job that you're doing. You're doing a good job. You're not only being an example to me, but you're being an example to just anybody else that's, that's watching. And you don't know who's watching. A lot of people's watching. You may not know it. So you might as well be in the best behavior, not only for you, but anybody else that's watching. Be example for other fathers out there, other mothers out there, other husbands out there that, you know, look, we're black and we can love. Not only our son, but our wives too. You know, it's it's there, it's out there, and it's possible. Granted, that we didn't have the best upbringing, a lot of us don't have that. But that, like you said before, that, don't let that be your anchor. Don't let that be that thing that drags you down. Be different. Take that step out right. and be different. It's not easy, but again, that journey that you take, that step that you took, would literally would change the dynamics. Not only for you, but your your next the generation and generation after that. You are doing a right. great, great job, man. I love who you are, and I love all that you're doing. Continue doing it. I love you, man. Thanks again for this podcast. Thank you again for this for this story, and I look forward to uh, a next episode. So, guys, again, thanks again for joining me at Day Dad Podcast. Again, I'm not gonna hold you guys any longer. Until uh, the next episode, I'll catch you later. Bye. another brief commercial break we'll be right back for more dear dad podcasts visit apple Podcasts, stitcher or wherever you listen to your favorite shows make sure you check dear dad podcast on your favorite instagram social media platform at dear dad podcast catch you later